Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. After the president announced a series of gun reform measures, Douglas Carswell with the Mississippi Center for Public Policy said toying with the Constitution is dangerous territory. When politicians talk about a living Constitution, which they can somehow amend and disregard, I think they are in grave danger of undermining the very basis of American exceptionalism. Carswell said the Bill of Rights isn't an optional extra. Don't believe politicians who say that there is something relative about the First Amendment or something relative about the Second Amendment. These rights are absolute and these rights are absolutely integral to the American success story. And Brett Favre thinks politics don't belong in sports and he said so during a recent interview with Andrew Clavin. I want to watch players play and teams win and lose, uh, come from behind. I want to watch all the, the important parts of the game, not what's going on outside of the game. I'm Andy Davis. Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are back live Saturday, April 24th, starring the Almond Betts Band. With G-Love and Special Sauce. Cooling out with the former lady, got the special sauce, that's what she's my baby. Taz Niederauer, Cedric Burnside, the Vamps and more. It's a full day of music, presented by Wicked Wheat Brew. For this socially distanced concert. Listen carefully. Tickets are on sale now at Ardenland.net. Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are here. From Nukes Eatery, Renaissance at Colony Park, and First Commercial Bank. Tickets are on sale now. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group and Ardenland. Vicksburg Mayor George Flags thinks mask mandates and social distancing are working, and he believes his city will be completely open in about a month. We probably got near at least 90% of open. Uh, the only other thing we have to do yep. is to open up our bars another two hours. Right now, they can serve up to 12 o'clock, but they must be closed by one. And car enthusiasts are already looking forward to cruising the coast in October. Ashley Edwards, CEO of the Gulf Coast Business Business Council says the economic impact of the annual event is incredible. You know, I think a lot of people don't really fully grasp just how important an event like that is for our economy. As we continue to move forward, these types of events, that's a place where we can see really tremendous growth. That Mississippi Gulf Coast is positioned to host more of these types of events. It is one of the great events in the country and has huge impact for our local businesses. Cruising the Coast is set for October 3rd through 10th. I'm Andy Davis. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Ole Miss and Mississippi State played baseball last night in Duty Noble Field. The Bulldogs came out of the 5-2 win over the Rebels. State improves to 26-7, 9-4 in the SEC, while Ole Miss falls to 25-9 and 8-5 and in the SEC. The two teams will play again today, 1.30 airtime on the MSU and Ole Miss baseball networks. And Sunday will be a 12.30 airtime for Game 3 of the series. Super Bulldog weekend at Mississippi State will include the Maroon and White Spring football game today. They'll kick off at 11 o'clock, and on many of these same MSU stations will be a 10.30 airtime for the spring football game at Mississippi State. And the Ron Polk Ring of Honor will see Paul Mahalam, Jonathan Papelbon, Jay Powell, and Dell Hunter added to the 2021 class today as well. Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech were rained out last night in Ruston. They'll play a doubleheader today and a doubleheader on Sunday. 
This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. The Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. Do you want that dream job? Do you need the right skills and credentials to get there? Did you know more than 2,000 students have taken advantage of the MyBest program for free? Contact your local community college to learn more about the MyBest program. Take charge of your life and make your dreams a reality by attending a Mississippi community college. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. Believe it or not, there is still basketball yet to be played. The Junior College National Championship Tournaments are this week. The Women's and Men's National Championship Tournaments. The Lady Bobcats of Jones are 20-0. The number one ranked junior college team entered the national tournament as the number one seed in the Women's Tournament being played in Lubbock, Texas. And the being the number one top seed, Jones will draw by and will not play until Tuesday afternoon. They'll take on the winner of the 16th seed at Western Nebraska, number 17 seed Iowa Western game. The Lady Bobcats are undefeated 20-0 and ranked number one in the country. Meanwhile, in the men's championship game being played in Hutchinson, Kansas, in the championship tournament, the Holmes Bulldogs will be the number 18 seed. They'll take on the number 15 seed of Vincennes out of Indiana on Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. My name is Nellie Neal. I am known as the Garden Mama. I'm so glad to have you here. My goodness, what else do we do on Saturdays in April except put on socks and jackets? And, wait a minute. What? Hmm. It's mid-April. I'm pretty sure that by this time all my socks have been undone, thrown into the back of the drawer, but not this year. I only tell you this because, friends, Zone 8 is not a place to live if you want things to be predictable. It just doesn't happen. And guess what? Because I'm your garden mama, and I have the opportunity to read crazy forward-looking weather forecasts. I did say a few weeks ago that late April was going to be cooler than normal. I did not, however, know that it would also be a deluge, and that was quite something. But for gardeners, here's the thing. Across Zone 8, across Zone 9, and even y'all up there in 7B, we know you. Hello. This is going to be a fantastic week. This is the week that if you have the opportunity to take a few days off from work, you should take a few days off. Mental health days, vacation days, whatever you've got, this is going to be a garden week that will be remembered. Here's why. It's late April, and it's not going to be blazing hot. All the roses are about to start blooming. Everything is popping. 
and you're going to want to be there to enjoy it. So let's talk about it. This particular program happens every Saturday all year round, but i got to tell you, next week's going to be the spring week. If you want to talk about it, I'm here, and I sure hope you do. 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. The C Spire text line always fires up on Saturdays, and I appreciate that very, very much. 601-879-4395. What's on your mind today? What do you want to do? What are you thinking about growing? What's doing well? And here's, let me just start off with the basics. Temperatures in the mid-40s are not going to hurt your tropical plants. It's not going to be that many hours, first of all. And it's not, it's not that difficult. If, however, you allow those plants to be very dry, or if for some reason or another you don't have good drainage, you know I want you to always have good drainage. If you don't, you, may, you will find that they are having a little more trouble than if you had good drainage and, frankly, had watered your plants in the case of dry soils. So in other words, keep doing what you're doing and everything's going to be fine. There's some new research out. I want to talk about that with you today because I've got so many. There's so much going on. Um, for, For a long time now, I have barely spread anything out on the desk, and today I realized that I was looking at too many different stories. I needed to look at everything at once. So if you happen to be tuning in on the broadcast, you can see that this is a flurry of paper, which is a good thing. Um, It's very important. We've got green vegetable news, which is good news. We've got uh, news about pain. Interestingly enough, different different people experience pain differently. You You probably already knew that, but there's a few more ways to figure that out. And there's also some things about oxens and Gerber daisies and good grief, just a whole bunch of stuff. So let me know what you want to talk about, and we'll be getting on to all of these things. I want to start, though, with something that I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't know. <laughs> a lot of things I don't know. That's why I like to learn something new every day. Tarantulas are homebodies, which is either ironic or foolish to consider when you realize that they are on that they've been found in just about every locale on the earth so if they're homebodies how did they get to all these different places well first of all they're easy to see so we can tell that they're there there might be others that are just as likely to stay one place and yet get transported but we wouldn't notice them how did such a sedentary spider one that really prefers to live out its life in one place they rarely rarely Leave the burrows, the females and the young. The, ma- the males only go out to look for another female. You know, somebody has to. And how did this happen? How did they get everywhere? The research from Carnegie Mellon is really fun. Uh, I am kind of interested. I've never been, um, I, I would never claim to be a genealogist, nor do I play one on the radio. But I am fascinated by family histories. So I was happy to see that the particular researcher in this case um, decided to do that Ancestry.com kind of investigation. They went to the, the sum of all the transcripts, and there's always a word for things. So in this case, that is transcriptomes, <laughs> tome being the operative word here, meaning it's really going to be there for a long time. 
and they published in Pure J. They built a genetic tree of the spiders and then time calibrated this with fossil data. It's hard to find tarantula fossils, but there's enough of it to estimate the ages of the older population. They found that they're in fact emerging early in a piece of land now considered the Americas. You'd be happy to know tarantulas are native, but about 120 million years ago during the Cretaceous. Um, this would have been the time that South America was attached to Africa, India, and Australia as part of the Gondwana supercontinent. Talked about that here before, and you know about it already anyway. So that's how they got there, continental drift. Pretty cool, though. Now we can actually watch it in the uh, the practice of the genetics as well as the DNA and, you know, <laughs> how ancestry folks always tell you where things are coming and going. <laughs> Good morning, Raleigh. Good morning. I'm having some trouble with the call screen, but if you would like to take a call, we have Jody in Harrison County. Well, sure. Good morning, Jody. Welcome in. What's going on? Hey, Jody. Hey, Miss Nelly, how are you? Very well. What's going on today? Okay, uh, my mother has two citrus trees. One's a kumquat, and the other is a blood orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the kumquat is about three or four years old, and the leaves curve, and it won't produce anything. And the blood orange is beautiful. It's growing every year, but it still hasn't produced anything. I'm not sure how old it is. Okay. Um, oh, okay. She just told me it's about the same. Okay. Does do you fertilize? Have you fertilized them? Yeah. Can yes, you tell me? Can you tell me with what? I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what fertilizer to get. I don't know what oh. you use, but I'm gonna tell you what to get. And I don't recommend products unless I've used them myself and know that they work better than anything else. Because there's too many products out there to choose from. But in this case. My favorite citrus food for the home garden is Espoma. It's E-S-P-O-M-A, and it's an organic citrus food. It has made all the difference in the world in in my life, you know, both in, in, in far south as well as where I am now, because I can't live without a citrus tree. <laughs> there's just no no doubt about that. Right now i got lemons ripening. So there's always something I want, and this is it. Now, I will tell you that the blood orange is going to take, it, it's going to have to be like five years old before it would even think about bearing. The kumquat, three to four maybe years, um, but they will benefit if you can after they bloom, if you can make sure that they've been fertilized, you will have a better chance of getting them to make some fruit as soon as they possibly can. They're just young trees, I think. If you need to prune, prune them. You know, In other words, we'd be picking kumquats. Ordinarily, we'd be picking them most of the year in some cases, but I have already seen some ripe from people that didn't ripen last fall. So it's hard to know when those kumquats are actually going to ripen. We think of them as a fall ripener. And that in that case, that's when you would prune. But it's it's really not necessary to prune citrus trees unless some branch dies or there's a pest problem or the shape just has to be, you know, sometimes they'll get so thick that you have to thin them out so that the sunlight can get into the fruit. But usually we don't have to prune those trees very, very much at all. So don't do that, but be sure you do fertilize them. And if there's, I, I sound silly to say this, but if there's a dry month anywhere between now and a year from now, we hope there might be one anyway. But at any rate, uh, make sure that you do water thoroughly and deeply. But citrus trees take a few years to get going. The, but I, you know, you're not having any problems, so I anticipate they're going to be fine. 
Thank you, Miss Nellie. Thanks, Appreciate y'all. It. Take care of Harrison County for me, okay? I will. Stay dry. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> That's a, a wonderful place to grow citrus, I'll tell you that. I tell you, the, the blood orange trees are particularly lovely, too. I know everybody says, oh, it's just a citrus tree. They all look alike. Well, they don't. <laughs> and I'm very fond of that, the foliage on the blood orange. It's very pretty. Um, let's see now. Oop, let me go over in here. We've got a bunch of texts that are rolling in, and if everything will cooperate, I can get this to work for me. There we go. Let's see. Um, with the cooler weather, Blake wants to know, is it still a good idea to spray fruit trees for bugs? Cooler weather doesn't have anything to do with your schedule of fruit tree sprays. Um, those are set in stone by the point of the flower, the fruit, the, the tree. Okay, so just go when it says. Well, go when the schedule tells you to do it. It's not going to be a date certain. It's going to be a development certain. <laughs> development certain. Yeah, that's what that is. I like that. Um, let's see now. Ken's back. Howdy. Oh, James, that's a lovely. Looks like Carl Bell's, but I can't really tell which azalea it is. It's just beautiful. Date palms. Oh, Penny, that's nice. Good question about um, growing date palms. What what fertilizer? Most of the time, date palms are going to need to be encouraged only a little bit, and and actually just with a basic garden fertilizer, you you will find um, a balanced formula or one that is pretty close to it. Say five ten five or ten five five or something like that. What you're trying to do is give them a little bit of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium to get started. Now. All of this is presuming that you have already used a root stimulator or a compost tea or a vermiculture tea as a root producer. Because anytime we plant even a palm tree, we want to encourage the roots to produce before the top. So if you haven't done that yet, use those fertilizers now and maybe again in a month, then move on to the others. Okay? I love date palms. They're just beautiful, wonderful trees. There's a uh, also, one of the other pretty things about them, of course, when they do make their fruits, they're one of the brightest plants in your garden. It's just delightful. Um, let's see. Laura's in Madison, and she's she's ready to fertilize her chase tree, her, her vitex, um, Agnes Castus. You know, I really have never fertilized mine, and it grows perfectly fine because I have rich soil. But if you're growing this for the first time or if the soil is not particularly well tended where it's growing, this is another one where you're going to use a general all-purpose flowering tree for food. You know, in other words, you could use a, there'll be an organic formula. You'll find Dr. Dirt, um, all those different brands of that. Those kind of programs have it. But you're also going to find a classic fertilizer that's just going to say flowering shrub or flowering tree or both. And that's going to do fine. I don't find that you need to fertilize them too often. Um, it, the the chase trees particularly grow a lot, and if you over fertilize them, then we end up with a little bit more. Um, how to say this? You end up with a little bit m- more proliferation, more branching than you actually want, and I think that that's something to pay attention to. So that's why we fertilize in spring. If the tree isn't growing as well as we want it to, we can fertilize again in June. But you may or may not do that. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um, Sherry's okay. Well, Sherry, I hope you have a great day at work. Um, there's there's not anything to do once tulips are planted except watch them bloom. So there, 
I just took the tulips out of my bed because they finished um, and just took them out and put them to the compost this week. So that might be what you need. If yours have already flowered, that's probably what you need to do. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, that's funny. Okay, that's, that's, that's uh, the Ken and his apples. That's funny. It's not. It wasn't a tip. It was just to say that. Did you know some of them have thorns? Yes. <laughs> How's that call screen looking, Raleigh? Is it going to work for us? Uh, I have gotten in touch with Houston, who is now ghost operating oh, okay. this computer over here. There so we, he is. <laughs> we well, are we will, in the process. We, we, we will see what happens. Getting it fixed. So use the text line now, right? Right now, folks. Okay, that of course is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. If you have any redheads in your family, you may have uh, <laughs> already been through everything in the myth, legend. Difference category, um, yes, my redheaded, I actually have a redheaded stepchild that um, doesn't go with any of those things. All of the hot temper, all of this and that and the other thing, none of that happened, none of that applies here. But I don't know about, I'm going to have to ask because I don't know about this one. Massachusetts General Hospital is telling us today that both humans and mice with red hair have a different tolerance for pain because of the skin pigment that produces cells that do not do the function of a, of a particular receptor. In other words, the hair is built differently. That's why it's different. Duh. But it also affects the way that they experience pain. Um, obviously, I, I, I hate to say this, but I do remember over the course of my life, People whining, and sometimes they were redheaded, and somebody telling them that, that, that you just you're too wimpy, you know, or whatever it is. And maybe it wasn't true. Maybe they really were in pain because they're they experience it differently from the rest of us. The team found that the loss of melocortin one receptor function in those red hairs caused the animals, humans and mice, um, to secrete lower levels of a particular molecule that, in turn goes into different hormones, including blocking and sensitizing, sensitizing one to pain. So now that we know what that is, of course, we, we hope the next piece of the research would be to isolate that so that we can use it. We can make it more effective. We can put it to work for the rest of us. Um, if we know what that molecule, the hormone is, rather, we would certainly rather block pain and desensitize ourselves to pain with something other than opiates, right? So let's try hormones. I'm for that. Let's see. Um, We've got the call screen working. Okay, wonderful, y'all. That's great. Thank you, Houston. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Anne's in Oxford. Those are pretty irises. The yellow ones are just gorgeous. But I, I really am happy to see that they're coming on and blooming. But interestingly enough, the yellow ones are blooming first, and now the purple ones are just about to come out. There you go. I, you're right. I can't figure it out. This year, the yellow bearded iris at my in my stand bloomed first, and they're the only ones that have bloomed so far. Ordinarily, by now, that there's three different colors, and sometimes one of them doesn't bloom at all, but the others do. And this this year, it's been different. Been very very different. Oh my goodness. Um, hey, Tracy's in past Christian. Something's eating the citrus leaves. Yeah, you you need to get out there and see what it is, um, because they're being stripped. Either there's a caterpillar, there's, um, I would take that container first of all and move it away from everything else so that you can examine it well. The insects 
may, of course, be out there hiding. <laughs> anyway, we got to step away from here for just a moment. I'm going to invite you to take a listen to this old tune, one of my favorites. This is Weekend Gardening. times, these are the things we all want. And with the personalized help of a Trustmark relationship manager, it's something we can find together. That's why Trustmark is standing by business owners. No matter what challenges you may be facing, we are here with a suite of financial services to help you find a path forward. Learn more at Trustmark.com business. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Garden Mama here to ask, what about your trees? Hmm? Everybody like me who has big trees in their landscape needs a tree service, and mine is Matthews Tree Service, the metro area's oldest residential tree service. They're licensed, insured, and ready to consult with you about damaged trees and healthy ones, too. Listen to your mama now and call Matthews for free estimates in the greater Jackson metro area. Call 601-316-8584. Matthews Tree Service. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Bridge Builders. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. 
Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Turning 65 or new to Medicare? Get a $0 premium Medicare plan. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Humana can help making getting care more affordable with our $0 premium plans. You'll enjoy all the benefits you've come to expect and more. Your dollar already has enough to do. Helping you with the budget is only right. To learn more, call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local Humana sales agent. This is Weekend Garden, and welcome in. Mike's in Houston on the telephone. What's going on, Mike? Good morning, Mike. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Uh, good morning to you. I thought I'm, I woke up kind of late, so I said, well, I hope I didn't get too late. I got my garden started, and I saw see something at these stores. It's some kind of meal uh, for vegetables and stuff like that. Is it blood meal or bone meal or something? Something of that uh, what is that? Oh, what oh, that oh baby, I hate to tell you, there's blood meal, bone meal, feather meal. I mean, there's 20 different kinds of meal, and they're all fertilizers. <laughs> what you want to okay. do? I didn't know what they were. Uh, some of these things are some of these things are quite simply slaughterhouse byproducts. That is to say, blood meal, bone meal, feather meal, all meal, meal. All those things come from the processing of animals, and we are able to put them to use in our gardens. So what you're looking at is bone meal. It tends to be something you put in for a longer period of time. You're you're going to plant bulbs next year or something. You know you you put that in now because it takes months for it to get going. Blood meal, on the other hand, is a fast-acting nitrogen product. Um, I use it, for example, if there's a fire ant pile in my vegetable garden, I'll pour on the blood meal because I don't mind having the fertilizer in there, but it runs the ants out because they don't like it. And then when they build their next mound out in the yard, I can treat it with other products. Feather meal, meal is a wonderful fertilizer that I like to use. It's kind of expensive, but it's a good one. So what are you wanting to do? Well, you know me, I'm a container gardener, so the long range won't, won't work with it. Well, you can, it depends if you're mixing soil for now or later. <laughs> so. Oh, that's, that's true. I thought, I thought about that when you said. But if you're looking, for example, meal. if you use, if you've ever used cottonseed meal for a nitrogen source in those containers, that it's the same basic essential product as, as a blood meal would be. It's just a different source for it. That's another natural source. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, Be careful, uh, it little goes I, a long I, I, way. <laughs> now, 
on, on this meal, like from, uh, not meal, but uh, cotton seed stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work for a place where they have, they make the cotton for furniture factory, stuff like that, and they have a big pile of uh, cotton seed and kind of dirt out there. Mm-hmm. Should, I let, uh, should I get some of that or let it go through the heat? It has to go through the heat, um, but it's it's called gin trash. Anytime it's the leftovers from cotton farming, but we don't think of it as trash because we're gardeners. We think of it as compost. <laughs> so, but it does have to go through a right, heat. That's true. It does have to go through a heat. It, it will. It'll. It's one of those things that if you put it out there and it's too fresh, all your plants will turn yellow because the 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 natural rot going on in the in the gin product is going to take the nitrogen out of your plants. It's really bizarre to over. watch. <laughs> It'll make you very sad. I got over. So don't do that. I got over. I got over a hundred containers of five gallon buckets already on my uh, plastic pallet uh, artificial ground. That's great. And That's I'll, great. Uh, it's, a, it's like a, it's like a factory. Well, <laughs> let me go ahead and leave because keeps I know you're you busy. busy. It, that, that'll keep there. you going, won't it, Mike? I look forward to hearing more. Thanks for calling today. I appreciate that. That's a lot of five gallon buckets. But as we all know, you can grow just about anything in a five gallon bucket. So that's good. <laughs> it's a good way to go. I am I am a fan of basically byproducts of other things because I like I don't like things to get dumped out I like to see them get used if I only could have one of those things it would be feather meal cuz I it's just so such a good fertilizer such a really good fertilizer let's see um someone on the text line is transplanting conifers that's fine just be aware that this is probably the last week of good transplanting weather and it's a little bit late even where this person seems to be in in northern mississippi um because it, things are going to turn hot fast trust me but just not immediately so if you have a tree that you planted last fall if you have a tree that you planted this winter if you have a something you dug up and moved if you have any of that stuff then by all means make sure you take care of it this spring give it the fertilizer that it needs and Frankly, make sure if it's not raining that you're giving it some water. I will tell you this. If you've got flowers and my my bed is full of dianthus right now and, you know, a lot of things like that, they look great. But it is time to deadhead them so that they can continue to bloom. And it may be time for a little fertilizer. With uh, a lot of rain, the fertilizer, even in a raised bed, much less a container, tends to be away from the root zone pretty quickly. Um. Killing fire ants, taking care of fire ants is is a very difficult thing. This year is going to be big. We already are seeing mountains of them. And if you don't take the two-prong approach, or as the folks at um, UT call it, the Texas (laughs) two-step, you really do have to do both things. You have to bait the yard and you have to treat the mounds so go to your garden center talk to or co-op and talk to people about that because that's what it really takes um i do have i have my, my perpetual fire ant patch is coming back so i will be doing it well but it's the last one so it's it i've still managed to keep them all at the neighbor <laughs> neighbor doesn't treat so <laughs> it's tough stuff um, there isn't any way to keep the ants from picking up and starting a new home somewhere else. That's what they do. That's why we attempt to control the queen. However, 
for those of you who think that's all there is to it, let me just tell you that fire ants are smarter than you might want them to be. And there are multiple queens in almost every colony these days. And if that causes you to step lightly when you go out into the yard, I trust that you will step lightly because you need to be careful. Dangerous, dangerous critters. Something that's not dangerous, though, is growing some of your own food. And I'm here to tell you that more and more people are growing some of their own food. Um, Please make sure that you're watching what's going on. I was away for a a couple of days this week and had had a lovely out-of-town experience for the first time in 14 months, I think, 15 maybe, and came back. My potatoes had grown so tall, I had to go scratching around for more soil and leaves and things to fill in with. You know, as we grow potatoes, the reason we grow them is because we want them to bear. We plant them in February so that they will make potatoes around Mother's Day, sometime in that range of time, mid, mid-May mid anyway. So they're just about to get going, and I've been putting in, as they grow, filling in around the stems. Well, there was so much water and so much good sun in between those two things this week, they've grown another six inches. So I'm back out there. Now they're over the top of the gigantic container that I planted them in the bottom of. I'm not really sure what to do. There's going to be some version of a filled-in uh other top on this thing or something. But at this time of the year, it's really important to pay attention to things that are going to be coming to maturity in the next month, things like potatoes, things like garlic, things like strawberries. If you planted your strawberries in the fall, you should be picking pretty soon. And that, of course, brings up our friends, the slugs. The reason that we put strawberry plants on with a straw mulch underneath them is in part to keep the fruit clean, but it's also so we can see the slugs more easily and it's harder for them to get to the fruit because they will get in there and poke holes in it. And that will make you very angry. Um, you don't need to have that happening. But So I hope that you will mulch your strawberries, keep them mulched. And I have not ever successfully grown strawberries in the thing called a strawberry pot. I do know people that have, but I've never managed to do that. However, Succulents are a really good bet for those, and they're doing great. It's a big old clay pot, of course, with um, side pockets in it. And they're, it's cute. You know, it's one of those things everybody ends up with one. Somebody gives it to you because you're a gardener. <laughs> and then you have to plant something in it. We got one. Yep. Got see? one two weeks ago whenever and, we uh, went out and finally started our herb. herb, herb what did you herb plant? Garden. We got cilantro, mint, rosemary, and one other thing. I can't remember what the fourth one was. But, uh, yeah, finally got the ball rolling on that. Just be sure you keep the mint safely away from the others. Mm-hmm. I have uh, I have a friend that was talking this week about the hazards of mint. We want it. And in this particular case, the person um, has a, is a bartender person. I mean, has a, owns that and has needs all the mint. But at the same time, <laughs> you still need to be able to get in your back door because yeah. it will grow quickly and grab your ankles as you walk by. So, my favorite thing about mint is that it grows so easily. My favorite thing I hate about mint is that it grows so easily. <laughs> 
funny stuff. You will find mints at a lot of the localized plant sales. Sometimes they're different ones. You know, you'll find some peppermints and spearmints and whatnot in the rack at the store, but you'll also find some um, local favorites. There's a chocolate mint that, that people grow, but then there's another chocolate mint that comes from the Mississippi Delta that I've seen in a couple of different places. And it's really bold tasting. You have to like it. It's, it's, it's a good one, uh, one that I think is particularly fun. I have a couple of different um, points of view to bring to you. How tiny can your tomatoes get? Well, Florida Petite is supposed to grow in about a four-inch pot and actually make tomatoes. So we're going to see. Now, I did I did do it in a gallon can last year. This year, um, I have it in um, in the grow bed, so it will literally have four inches, four square inches of root space. <laughs> it's about four cubic inches, rather. Um, it's got to have the steady sunlight. I don't have that inside my house, or I probably would have tried it the way that it's actually been um, bred to do. If, if you were a, a Florida tomato breeder, what would you want to do? You'd want everybody in Florida and everywhere else to have a tomato in their windowsill. So that's where these this has all come from. Um, there, This is actually a, a tomato that's a tomato and not just a cherry tomato. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, another friend of mine is growing Pixie Hybrid. I think it's a burpee variety, if I'm not wrong. It's It's an early one and has a very sharp flavor to it. So if you're growing that one, I'd love to hear about it to compare results from him. Um, one of the parents of the Florida Petite is the Yellow Pear, which is a heritage classic here. Of course, we have that really a lot of folks here grow that. It makes a wonderful pickled tomato. It also is a great ingredient in things like chow chow. Um, the folks at the Horticulture Club at Mississippi State always grow that one very, very well. Another one of the uh, tomatoes that you might be considering is, is small fry, or you might be working on good old-fashioned patio. When patio tomatoes were invented, everybody had one because they would grow in about a three-gallon pot on your back stoop. You know, you could have, have tomatoes, and they're determinate, so they don't get huge. Um, I don't know why they fell out of fashion, but it's still a wonderful, wonderful tomato and one that I encourage you to try if you have not already done so. I am not, uh, I'm not growing every tomato, but I'm, I'm going to grow a couple of tomatoes. I have to tell you, though, when you shop your farmer's markets, you get the best, and the tomatoes are hard to grow, so why don't you patronize them? If you grow your own, get some more. <laughs> When the tomatoes come in, they come in in great volume. Now, something else that's going on right now, of course, is trying to figure out how we're going to cage up all this stuff. When we talk about steaks and sticks and tomato cages and chicken wire baffles and all these sorts of things, what we're really talking about is good air, good air circulation around the plants and within the plants and, frankly, keeping everything clean. No matter how much you mulch with that hay, you may one day wish that you had grown the strawberries in a hanging basket because sometimes they just get dirty. And that's a, you can do that, by the way. You can grow strawberries just about anywhere as long as you've got a well-drained soil and lots of sun. But um, I hope that if you are growing things like Siam queen basil and um, that you're putting them in with your tomatoes or that you're putting them into containers if you're not growing tomatoes because they're so much easier to grow that way. Pesto basil, classic Genovese, the, the big leaf basil, is 
wonderful in a flower bed. It can grow in the ground great. But some of these other basils are a little bit pickier. So if you have them, if you've decided to go in that direction this year, by all means, um, take them and, and give yourself a chance to experiment with some container growing. You'll be glad that you did. Don't forget, it's time to put a lot of effort into pruning flowering shrubs. Now, it's also time to fertilize those shrubs, particularly if you didn't do that last year or the year before or the year before. <laughs> One of the plants um, that I really love is Indian hawthorn. It's a pink-flowered, waxy-leafed shrub that you see blooming now. And unfortunately, too often you see it with flowers on top and no leaves in the middle because nobody pruned it or fertilized it. Well, the funny thing is there's a store across the way here that closed a few years ago, and the Indian hawthorns have been completely neglected since then, and they're prettier than ever. So maybe that tells you that you need to go a little easy on them. Prune them, but maybe a little bit less. Hey now, stick around. It's Weekend Gardening. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on. Some eternal morning we shall meet them over on the How to Do This Show. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Confidence, peace of mind, a way forward. During tough times, these are the things we all want. And with the personalized help of a Trustmark relationship manager, it's something we can find together. That's why Trustmark is standing by business owners. No matter what challenges you may be facing, we are here with a suite of financial services to help you find a path forward. Learn more at Trustmark.com business. The Mississippi Office of Homeland Security wants to remind you that public safety is everyone's responsibility. To help Mississippians take part in securing their communities, our office has created a C-Send app for smartphones that can send suspicious activity tips straight to the Mississippi Fusion Center. Download it for free from your app store today by searching C-Send. You can also report suspicious activity by phone to 888-4-SAFE-MS or 601-933-7200. Online reporting available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov. The Spring Saving Spectacular at Mazda of Jackson is going to blow your mind. That's right, spring is here, and it's time to ditch that old car and upgrade to a new Mazda. We're offering our biggest savings of the year right now, and you don't want to miss it. Right now, get 0% financing or $1,500 off new 2021 Mazda 6s. Plus, get 0% financing on new 2021 Mazda CX-5s, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And Mazda of Jackson will give you your first year of maintenance for free. Worried that you can't get approved because of your past credit issues? Don't be. We are focused on your future, and our credit specialists are standing by to get you approved today. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Bring in your current vehicle. We'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So come see all of our amazing deals during our Spring Saving Spectacular, only at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. See dealer for complete details with approved credit on select models. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey! 
There's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Acoustic Wave Treatment Center offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Call today to schedule your appointment, 601-944-5585, or go to Acoustic Wave MS. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on-site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free Guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where custom is our game. Pool tables, ping pong, poker, classic arcades, football, sports decor, even kitchen and bar stools. You'll find it all at Game Room Gallery. Game Room Gallery has plenty to choose from during this time you're at home to help make many more memories with your family. With specials on classic arcades and pool sticks too. Let Game Room Gallery bring excitement to any room in your home. Game Room Gallery, Ridgewood Road, just north of County Line. For more, call 601-853-7777. That's 601-853-7777. Online at gameroom-gallery.com. A little bit higher. Radio, turn it up, burn it up, so you know. Radio, la 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 la. Ah, thank you for liking my voice. No, I cannot sing. Trust me, that's why we don't turn the microphone on <laughs> until I can talk. I do sing. It's just not a good experience for anybody. Now, uh, let's see. Andrea's in Madison. <laughs> Something's eating those cleomy leaves. It sure is. Good heavens. But she doesn't see slugs or snails or caterpillars. Well, I'm going to say... Because so few things eat cleomies, I'm going to say that it's more than likely a a very hungry caterpillar that may, in fact, have moved on to another plant. But this is the case for one of the dusts that we can put on because of the frequent rain. We need to dust each time it rains when there's a caterpillar problem. So you're going to look for the caterpillars, stomp and squish them, and then you're going to get a duster bottle, can thing, plastic thing of... I would prefer to see you get Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. They don't pay me to say that. They used to. They don't pay me to say that this year. But I still love the stuff, and that's why they paid me to say it, because I always did enjoyed using it and had great success with it. It is spinosad. It's a naturally occurring con- pest control, and it's one that will do a good job of controlling those caterpillars. It works faster than the BT that we used to use for that. And it does not have the other problems that go along with things like seven dust and whatnot. So um, get a spinosad dust or a spinosad spray and use it each time it rains. But mainly you've got to find where the critter is. And if you don't find them in a day or two, they get big enough so you can't avoid them. Um, i, I there, there was something chewing on the can, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And two days later, it was bigger than my little finger. <laughs> so. You might know the answer to this. I might. What Are is all it? Ca-
caterpillars, do they all turn into butterflies or do moths no, also some turn have a into, caterpillar Some stage? turn into moths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was always kind of curious about mm -hmm. that. I didn't know. So my wife loves butterflies, but she cannot stand moths. Well, I, I wouldn't want to say anything about your wife, but I don't understand that. Um, it's because moths are like fuzzy. It's just a weird thing she has. One of her she, lovely little she has, quirks. She well, it, she 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 can be, she can th thus because we know she's a well-educated person. She could certainly be shown a couple of moths that aren't fuzzy and some <laughs> butterflies that are, and I'm kind of have to blow that for her. But um, it has to do with, it, it has to do as much with whether they pollinate at night, whether you know whether they travel by night or by day. That's part of it. And some of our biggest pests in the garden are butterfly caterpillars and some are moth caterpillars so but i defy anybody even your wife to 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 see a luna moth on a screen door at night and not think it's one of the most gorgeous stunning proofs of god that exists You're such a beautiful right. beautiful creature oh my goodness uh, maybe there'll be one tonight no it's too early <laughs> too early in the year Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the Super Talk call line. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five is the ceasefire text line. Um, there's somebody who's writing in repeatedly about armadillos. Everybody around here knows that there isn't anything you can do about armadillos, and that I say that all the time. I don't talk about armadillos because good luck. You know, the main thing about armadillos, which I also say every time, is don't let them get comfortable at your house. If you're feeding animals outside, if you have a barn they can nest in, if they bring their relatives, they will be with you for always. So get get the one that's there and take her for a ride or something. That sounds like a terrible method of pest control. But there's not any reason to fear them. They're not going to hurt you. They just are seriously going to dig stuff up looking for food. And they're a good clue. They tell you you got way too many things living underneath your soil whether it's caterpillars or it might be you know another part another part of the life cycle of that creature but it just they're going to dig it up and you don't want them to do that okay okay <laughs> um i did in fact i do in fact know that they are very slow and uh when they happen to be on the highway as you're driving along they jump been there done that be careful. It was scary. It'll, it'll mess you up for sure. Well, Brett's going to be irrational and weigh in and let your wife know that she's not the only one. He he worries that they're going to fly into his ear. Now, come on, y'all. <laughs> come on, y'all. Come on. Lepidoptera. Anyway, that's, a, that's funny. I'm going to laugh about that for a while. That's a good one. One of the things that I'm doing this week in the garden is literally figuring out how much shade I need. I want to take all of the indoor garden plants, all those ones that are tropical, that are known as foliage plants or house plants. You know, there's, there's a whole slew of them. And I want to take them all outside and give them some humidity and a nice place to be in the, in the shade, sit next to my chair, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, there's a lot of, lot of doing to that. And I'm going to give you my three best tips. The first one is make sure that when you take the containers outside, you do not take the saucers with them. 
because if you leave the water in the saucers outside, it's the whole thing's going to go stupid on you in a hurry. The second thing is, make sure you're not putting them in too much sun. No matter how much light you had inside your house, it is not direct sun. So if you're taking a plant out and you think it needs more light than it was getting, do that, but do that gradually because it's it really will burn them. You'll get plant sunburn just like anything else does, and it's not a pleasant sight. The third thing is elevate the pots, whether it's on an old pallet or some bricks or those really cute little pot feet that they make that you can you know get for underneath your containers. Elevate them. Here's why. If you're on the ground with them, you don't really want them to root into the ground underneath because that makes lifting them up at the end of the summer really desperate and <laughs> difficult for the plant as well as for you. But it's also because they need to drain. And having a way for them to actually drain through the drain hole and not go directly into the soil underneath helps, again, with that air circulation issue and also helps to give the slugs one less place they can come into your plants. So make it a little more difficult on them and a little more easy on you. Um, those are those are my best tips. I'll be doing all of that. I have, um, I have some old pieces of railroad tie. Not, I mean, I have landscape timbers. I have all kinds of pieces of old stuff. And I put all of that to work as elevation for potted plants in the summertime. But the bigger question sometimes is, how much sun are they going to get? And you, it may be more than you think. So make sure that you take care of that. The least popular and easiest, um, e- easiest way to look at ground covers is what's going to grow where the lawn won't grow, the lawn grass won't grow, what's going to grow in the areas where it's maybe a little too damp or a little too dry. Those, to me, are the best ground covers because it means that we can actually keep from having to put mulch in, keep from having to plant a bunch of other stuff, and also keep the soil in that area from from washing away on us. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to the phone. Ask Mabel to call back in the next hour. I'm going to say, let's see, peace lilies. Can, can peace lilies be put outside is the question in the summertime. Yes, if you have shade, um, they certainly can. They love that. Um, and yes, of course, there's always that one person that has had a moth fly into something or another. I'm not making fun of any of that. I'm just saying, as an irrational fear, it's a pretty good one. All right? It's a pretty good one. Moths. Oh, my goodness. New discoveries coming in um, from all of our research corners this week. I'm interested a lot in how people, this whole business of pain, I'm going to get into a little more of that with you this next hour. And we've also got some news about Gerbera daisies as well as something called sulfo sugar. Hmm. You know, gardening takes guts, and we're going to talk about it. For those of you who have been wondering where this tune went, it's back. (laughs) This is Weekend Gardening. April 
is National Safe Digging Month. Mississippi 811 would like to remind you that the leading cause of harm to underground facilities is excavation damage. While pipeline operators and other underground facility owners are committed to raising awareness of underground damage prevention, everyone has a responsibility to ensure safe digging practices. Mississippi 811 reminds you to call at least two days before you dig. Respect utility markers on your dig site. And dig safely. This is baseball player and fellow Mississippian, Jake Mangum. There are a lot of reasons to be proud of my home state. Mississippi State Baseball is one of the reasons, and Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance is another. The dedicated team at Farm Bureau works hard to give me and the rest of their customers the best service possible. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-89. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. States should have the right to dictate how their elections are run. That's according to Attorney General Lynn Fitch. She wasn't shy about sharing her opinion on what's happening in Georgia during a recent interview on Super Talk Mississippi. So what they were doing is trying to take away the opportunity that that harvesting of ballots is absolutely wrong or voting without an ID for absentee voting is wrong. But what they did is really try to strengthen and uphold as state should do. Bitch said what the law did do is make it harder to cheat. And there are over 170 variant cases of COVID-19 in the state. Dr. Jennifer Bryan with the Mississippi Medical Association says variants were expected early on. Viruses mutate. That's what they do. But so far, the vaccines have held up very well. Now, you're going to see pockets of maybe a little reduced efficacy here and there. But by and large, the answer to all of this is to get a vaccine. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. 
In response to COVID-19, Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Services is offering telehealth services. During this time, health and safety are important, which is why they've expanded their offerings to include telehealth services for children, adolescents, and adults. They have outpatient teletherapy sessions available, and Pine Grove also expanded its telehealth services to include its intensive outpatient program, drug treatment program. Also, all Pine Grove Evaluation Center services are available via telehealth. Patients may call Pine Grove's National Service Center at 888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com. The pandemic forced the cancellation of what would have been the 40th anniversary of Ronald Reagan's appearance at the Neshoba County Fair. Former EPA Chief of Staff Mandy Gunasakara talked about a new project ahead of this year's return of Mississippi's Giant House Party. We're doing a documentary this year to talk about the history of the fair, what it means to the local community, and to talk about its role in shaping the Reagan Revolution and what that can mean going forward. The fair kicks off July 23rd. And Wednesday, President Biden said the U.S. will finish pulling troops out of Afghanistan by September 11th. Thousands of soldiers have died there and many were from Mississippi. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin honored the soldiers for their sacrifice. For all those forever changed by this war, I pledge our unwavering support for the grief and the challenges that you still endure. We honor you and we honor their memory and we always will. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Ole Miss and Mississippi State played baseball last night in Duty Noble Field. The Bulldogs came out of the 5-2 win over the Rebels. State improves to 26-7, 9-4 in the SEC, while Ole Miss falls to 25-9 and 8-5 and in the SEC. The two teams will play again today, 1.30 airtime on the MSU and Ole Miss baseball networks. And Sunday will be a 12.30 airtime for Game 3 of the series. Super Bulldog weekend at Mississippi State will include the Maroon and White Spring football game today. They'll kick off at 11 o'clock, and on many of these same MSU stations will be a 10.30 airtime for the spring football game at Mississippi State. And the Ron Polk Ring of Honor will see Paul Mahalam, Jonathan Papelbon, Jay Powell, and Dell Unser added to the 2021 class today as well. Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech were rained out last night in Ruston. They'll play a doubleheader today and a doubleheader on Sunday. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Confidence, peace of mind, a way forward. During tough times, these are the things we all want. And with the personalized help of a Trustmark relationship manager, it's something we can find together. That's why Trustmark is standing by business owners. No matter what challenges you may be facing, we are here with a suite of financial services to help you find a path forward. Learn more at Trustmark.com slash business. April is National Safe Digging Month. Mississippi 811 would like to remind you that the leading cause of harm to underground facilities is excavation damage. While pipeline operators and other underground facility owners are committed to raising awareness of underground damage prevention, everyone has a responsibility to ensure safe digging practices. Mississippi 811 reminds you to call at least two days before you dig. Respect utility markers on your dig site. And dig safely. Believe it or not, there is still basketball yet to be played. The Junior College National Championship Tournaments are this week. The Women's and the Men's National Championship Tournaments. The Lady Bobcats of Jones are 20-0. and The number one ranked junior college team in the national tournament as the number one seed in the women's tournament being played in Lubbock, Texas. And the 
being the number one top seed, Jones will draw by and will not play until Tuesday afternoon. They'll take on the winner of the 16th seed at Western Nebraska, number 17 seed Iowa Western game. The Lady Bobcats are undefeated 20-0 and ranked number one in the country. Meanwhile, in the men's championship game being played in Hutchinson, Kansas, in the championship tournament, the Holmes Bulldogs will be the number 18 seed. They'll take on the number 15 seed of Vincennes out of Indiana on Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Well, hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much. I'd like to be your earworm today. That's right. No, I'm not going to sing. But lots of gardening ideas can come to you in a moment. You'd be walking along and you'll see something you think, I need to put a plant there. Or you'll think, I could put a plant in that. <laughs> you know? And that's, that's kind of how this whole show goes. What do you want to do with your plants? 888-808-8637. That is the Super Talk call line. And I welcome you to use it. I hope that Mabel will call back if she has a chance. She was asking about her blueberries. I'm going to guess that she wanted to know about fertilizing them because Mabel's always eager to fertilize. I'm going to say... Mine have got flowers on them. I don't live too far from her. I'm going to say don't fertilize right now. Let them go ahead and, and start to get their fruit together if they can do that this year. Mine look pretty good. They haven't. They didn't freeze and the flowers didn't fall off in the rain either. So I'm hopeful. They look like they look like they have blueberries. We'll see. we will see. Um, also, we have of course for you the C Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Um, we were talking about this whole thing. We, we talk about one thing around here, and because this is such a friendly audience, it's like somebody walks through on their way, you know, to the living room and drops in a conversation and keeps going. So now we have to talk about Mothra. And yes, Mothra is one of my very favorites of the of the, the mythical creatures. That, no, I didn't see Godzilla and Kong. No, I didn't do anything. Anyway. And Mothman, yes, I know about these things. I'm, I'm, you, you, there are very few things Art Bell ever talked about that you can talk to me that I didn't hear about at some point in my life, okay? That's how serious I was about listening to him. But anyway, we do, we're on to other things now. And the question is, from Glenda and J.S., will volunteer tomatoes make fruit? Yes, they do. They, you, you won't know what kind of fruit they're going to make. Until they make, some come true to their parent. Those are the ones we really like. For example, Sweet 100 cherry tomatoes um, will come true. Um, some of the other tomatoes will, some won't. But yes, they you can certainly make fruit from them. And um, what makes a radish hot or not is actually the genetics of the radish. There are, there are different kinds. Um, we think traditionally, I guess the farthest difference that I would look at is white icicle which can be very sharp and 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 biting and sparkler which frankly can be so bland you don't even know it's in the salad you know sometimes cuz it's it's just a crunch all right and in between there there's dozens and hundreds probably scores at least of different radishes now when we move on and if they're going to call it daikon which is the formal name of the radish that's going to be hot 
because it's in the other end of that family. And you can, they don't always give you that, you don't always have that perfect um, delineation. So, yeah, you have to try some, and, and sometimes the varieties are different than you think. We don't cultivate radishes in the South the way people do in other places, and it's really a shame because there's some that are very sweet. There's some that are so sharp that you, you feel like you need to make vinaigrette out of them because they're so bitter, but they're also very, very crunchy and a delightful texture to add to just about anything without making something so hard that you can't bite into it. You know, this is radish is going to crunch with like an apple would uh, without being too sharp or too hard. OK, question um, about whether to add things to topsoil or bedding mix that you get at the nursery. Topsoil is not usually going to be something that you're going to be able to use by itself unless you are using it as a top dressing for your lawn, for example. Um, if your lawn has, has had holes in it and, and you needed to put something on there to even it out, people will sometimes use topsoil for that. I'd prefer that you use sand myself. But it's also true that topsoil is sort of a myth. It doesn't. It's, they're not taking the top of the soil off of anywhere anymore. They're going for an organic matter that has that consistency. Now, when it gets to bedding mix, that's something that that garden center has, has mixed up on its own. Usually, it's okay to use by itself, but again, either product, any product that you're going to use to grow stuff in, you've got to put your hands in it. It's got to have tilth, which means you've got to be able to hold on to it, have it crumble, uh, have it not be dusty, have it not be soggy. You know, those those are the qualities that we're looking for. So if, if it's made that way, then that's great. If it's not, then we'll have to add something to it. Um, Brian is um, sending me I'm 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 going I'm almost going to cry. So let me just wait and I'll read that one to you when I can. Very very sweet about about his grandmother and and about how much we all love gardening. Um let's see. Suzanne wants to grow a self-pollinating jujube tree in Western Hines County. I I'm going to tell you the first thing to do is to make sure that you've got a site that has plenty of sun and well-drained soil and a water source right next to it. And that's going to—that's the first thing about a jujube, or actually about any tree um, that you're going to plant. So I'm—I'm um, I'm happy to let you know that—that—that's really and truly. There are not too many trees we can't grow to one extent or another in the South. For example, I wouldn't want you to start an almond farm, although somebody will probably call and tell me that they did, because they are so susceptible to the leaf diseases that we treat already peaches and, and plums for, particularly peaches. But the almonds get a different set that's harder to control. Our temperatures are not right for their process. However, there's somebody out there, believe me, growing nectarines and almonds and everything else, because we can here. It's just a matter of making sure that we give things the best opportunity that they can have. And in this case, uh, I know you're going to do that. That's interesting. I love to. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Grancy Graybeard, um, let's see, John in Ridgeland wants to root cuttings from the Grancy Graybeard. You know, usually we think about that one as one that we're going to do from hardwood cuttings after the leaves fall off in the autumn and then you take the tip cuttings and, and make them in a bundle bury that and let them root in the in damp sand over the winter time now that being said after the flowers finish and the leaves come on and the tree begins to grow for this year you can also root the semi-hard wood just like you can with just about everything in the woody department that means wood that's not so soft 
and green that it will wrap around your finger, but not so hard that when you go to snap it with your between your thumb and your finger that it snaps. You don't want it to be snappy. You want it to be bendy, but not too bendy. You want it to have some girth to it, but not be huge. So in other words, something smaller around than a pencil um, and something that is going to have been on the tree maybe two or three months. Just You have to just go out there and keep checking. But you're looking for the new growth to come out and for it to begin to harden off a little bit, but not entirely. And that wood will root. At that point, you're going to take a four to six inch cutting. Take several of them because the first one, one alone seldom roots. Just, just That's just the irony of numbers and, and plants. But take several. Cut that bottom of it on a slant. Roll it in rooting hormone dry powder. Put it into a small pot with some loose potting mix and native soil in it, something that can hold the plant up but not stay too wet, and then you'll you'll put those outside in the shade for six months or something like that. Let's see. Jim is on the line. What's going on, Jim? How are things in Laurel today? Uh, I told uh, what's his name a while ago. I got both feet on the ground this morning, garden mama, and I ain't complaining. I'm happy to dead pig the sunshine. Okay. How, how do we measure those things, you know? Um, they, they talk about, uh, I'm as happy as a clam at high tide. How do we know these things? You know, we, we didn't really ask. But anyway, what's yeah. going on in your garden? <laughs> First off, those, uh, what you were talking about just now, you called it a ransom graybeard? Grancy graybeard, mm-hmm. That fly what looks like a big old thing, you break off the ground, blow it, it just goes everywhere, ain't it? Well, these are trees that right now are blooming, and they're they're white and fringy looking. The flowers are very, they look shredded. They're they're very thin petals. They're beautiful. Uh, that's, that's what my dad used to call them. He called them ransom graybeards. Okay. And you know, the old people had names for anything, but it wasn't a correct name because you knew what they were talking about. But what I want to talk to you about is, uh, like I told uh Raleigh. Raleigh. His name is Raleigh. Raleigh. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. All I really ever plant is tomatoes, uh, bell pepper, uh, some cucumbers, tomatoes, light stuff like that. What can I plant with them to keep the bugs off of them? Well, there there are a couple of good studies that you should probably know about. We grow all kind of smelly plants like marigolds and basil and citronella and even catnip around the other plants because they are they have a repellent activity with the bugs. They don't repel them after the the plants are gone, but as long as you're growing that diversity of smelly plants, <laughs> that's all I can tell you, around your tomatoes, it's going to help. Um, that's one reason why oftentimes you'll see people will plant Tomato, basil, tomato, basil, tomato, basil, going down the row. That's one reason for doing that. That's also why people put marigolds all up in their vegetables, you know, because they smell so. Get the tall ones, by the way. That's um, that's better. African marigolds are going to be taller plants and easier to take care of. But people also like use it. citronella and, and, and any number of other things as a kind of like a baffle because it stinks, worms. you know. Tomatoes. Nope. Nothing's going to keep them away except you. Except I know my set some out my mother and dad here about 25 years ago, and me and my son-in-law got out there and pulled off about 50 of them things. It's amazing if you if you don't if you don't get them, you know you got to walk and look at your plants. You get the eggs off of there before they ever hatch. That's step one. Or you, after that, you got to notice them when they're a quarter inch long, rather than after they've eaten half your plant. So because they can take it over in a day or two. 
God, Mama, I look forward to every Saturday just to come out here on my porch for my coffee and listen to you on the radio. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you very, very much. Get out there and plant some things. Plant some flowers around those tomatoes, and they'll be even happier than they are now. That's great. I love it. Oh, let's see. Now, who's up next? On the text line is, I don't know, I'm going to say uh, Bobby from Bovina, because I don't know who this is. I love having your name because then it's more conversational. When should I fertilize azaleas that were planted last year? Right after they bloom this year, do a little bit of pruning, not much. Just shape them a little bit, get that stimulate that new growth, and fertilize them then. Azaleas are almost easy. <laughs> um, Ken wants to know what I was talking about in terms of an ant, an anthill to get it out of the flower bed. It's actually out of my vegetables. I don't want to put the chemicals that will kill fire ants into my food. So I put blood meal, dump it on top of them. You can do it with hot water, too, if you don't mind putting hot water into your vegetables. If there doesn't happen to be anything growing there, it would be fine. But the point is you're running them out. They will run out and make another bed right next to where you were, where you had them. And blood meal does that very effectively. Um, And it does stink. I can't disagree with that. Oh, my goodness. That sometimes it seems like we talk a lot about what repels other things, and one of the things, of course, that that is a, works on that is odor. Um, critters are not particularly because they see differently than us. It, it's not a matter of color, but aphid flights are famous for happening a couple of times a year in the South. One of them is in the fall, and if you plant, for example, fall squash, you're going to have aphids unless you put them on a plastic mulch, plant them into a plastic mulch and that's clear and spray paint it silver. And the, they can't see it. Now, it doesn't work for a whole lot of other things. And most people, frankly, will just put the yellow Dixie cup on a, on a uh, stick with some Vaseline or some Tanglefoot on it so that when the aphids catch on it, you, you know they're there and you can begin to treat for them. But it's also true that if you just keep classic yellow sticky bars in your garden, you're going to know who all's there, and you will have a. It's that, that walk it every day, take a look at it. You're going to begin to see what's there, and it's going to be easier to take care of them. Uh, no question about that. Trays in Grenada. What am I looking at, Trey? A hundred year old fig tree. Good heavens, that's beautiful. It makes me feel young. I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. Um. Okay, Bob, I'll think about that and tell you in a minute. When can I plant spent Easter lilies in the ground? That's Helen. Oh, you can do that now. And by the way, you can do that with amaryllis, too. Both of those, if you want to put them into either, you know, the flower bed or into a a bulb bed that you might have out there, you can do that now with Easter lilies and with the amaryllis from Christmas. Um, This is a good... one of, the, one of the things that I noticed when I first moved to the neighborhood that I live in now, which has been a couple of decades, there was a lovely, lovely garden, which has stayed lovely, but it has gotten bigger in the sense of more plants, not, not bigger in space, but more of the area has been taken over by plants. And one of the things that I can guarantee you is that this person is given or haunts the sale racks after Christmas for amaryllis because they, there were about 10 of them in a row along the very edge when I first moved there. There's 40 or 50 now. And it's not that they multiplied. They're, all, they're carefully placed all the way down this long space of the, the bed, and they're just gorgeous right now. 
Um, St. Joseph's lilies are blooming right now. There's so many things that are blooming now. And if we've had them in containers, it really is a good time to get the Easter lilies and the Christmas amaryllis into the garden. <laughs> it's very smart. Um, I, I'm going to try now go back to here and, and, and tell you a, a little bit about Brian. This is so sweet. Brian sent a picture of his mama shopping. He wanted to um, thank me for telling them about Buds and Blooms, the garden center in Brookhaven where I was last week. Wonderful place. Such a good time. Y'all were so sweet to come. She lost her house in New Orleans and has been living in that area, but she hasn't, you know, she hasn't been gardening. And so she's, she still has a, she's still a beast in the garden, but now they'll probably be going to Buds and Blooms once or twice a month because he can go to visit her and they can go together. How happy does that make me? How happy does that make me? Thank you, thank you for telling me, and thank you for telling me that, um, that you're, you're, you're there. She, she's, you know, it's tough. It's tough to start another garden when you've had one for years. And he says that it, she, he, he, got, he started asking her questions and got her into container gardening, and she's off and running. I'm telling you, this is the way we can do. We can garden until we just don't want to anymore because we can adopt and adapt different ways. Mabel, welcome in. I knew you'd call back. What's going on this morning? Hey, Mabel, thank you for calling Weekend Gardening. What's up? Uh, I want to know, my uh, blueberries got lots of uh, blueberries on it. Yeah. But last year, the stuff that I ate those, ate them up before I got a chance to pick them. So I want to know what can I put over them or put around them. Okay. If you have a net or if you have screen, you can certainly cover them up with that. It won't hurt them. It just needs to be something that water and light can get through. Mm. But you can certainly, there's netting for fruits that keeps the critters out of it, and it's not very expensive. I'd go get some today if that's the case. I wouldn't want to lose two crops in a row. Thank you so much. I'm glad to hear from you, Mabel. we got to step aside because guess what? This is the boogie-woogie flu. We'll be back. This is Weekend Gardening. make more money? Do you need a high school diploma? Do you need help fast? No problem. Contact your local community college to learn more about the My Best program. My Best, improving the quality of life for Mississippians. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. By now, Most of the farmers in North Mississippi know us, and a whole lot of people who love this land for hunting and fishing know us as well. Mississippi Land Bank has helped finance farmland, farm equipment, country homes, and recreational land for more than 100 years. We know the people, the crops, and the best fishing spots as well. We know the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand. Visit mslandbank.com. Are you turning 65? Humana can provide answers to your Medicare questions, including what are my Medicare plan options? 
Which Medicare plan is right for me? And how do I choose a Medicare plan? Listening, learning, and providing whole health support that meets you where you are. That's what we call human care. To learn more, call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local Humana sales agent. Ridgeland Medical Clinic is a proud sponsor of the Gallo Radio Show, conveniently located in Ridgeland off Highway 51 North in the Oak Place Shopping Center. Call them to see Jody Adams today. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Once again, our Second Amendment rights are under attack by a group of Washington politicians. Right now, we have a large selection of ARs and other popular self-defense firearms in stock. We also have a good supply of ammunition at the best prices in the area. Finally, many of you have asked me if my wife Jane had a problem with me talking about her on our commercials. She must like them because the other day she complimented me. She said I had the perfect face for radio. I hope to see you soon at the range. Doctors Without Borders teams confront hard facts in conflict and crisis zones. When others look away, we step in to act. Because measles still kills more than 100,000 children every year, we're there to vaccinate more than 1 million. Because some countries have only one or two mental health professionals, we provided over 400,000 mental health consultations last year. The fact is, your support makes our life-saving work possible. Picture the impact we can have together. DoctorsWithoutBorders.org ceasefire text line is hot this morning welcome in thank you very much for being part of weekend gardening i know you got choices i'm just so glad you chose me thank you very very much for that if you need me during the week you can always reach me at mama on air at yahoo.com and of course thank goodness there's patreon.com slash garden mama for the garden mama community come on over there and visit with me send in some info look at what we've got check out my archive i've got some stuff in there that 
believe me, is pretty hilarious. But sometimes it's sometimes it's informative too. So there you are. Let's see. Angela from Cortland sent in a picture of a flower. What is this? I think it's a phlox, but it might be diasha. I can't see the leaves, so I'm I'm not I'm not sure which of these leaves go with the flower. But it's one or the other of those two plants. I have a couple of other ideas and tips for you, some other things that you might want to be seeing about. Um, the question is always at this time of the year, how come my houseplants are so happy outside and I kill them indoors? Well, it's about humidity at that point. So if you've really had a failing bench in the house, you know, that the, the bright light's there and you don't water too often, you're not killing them with overwatering and this and that, oftentimes it's just the humidity around the plants, and outdoors is certainly better for that. Um, Third, you know, soil and fertilizer can be problems, but really and truly it's more often the amount of light and whether or not you overwater, key being more humidity outside. Hey, Raleigh. Are succulents good to keep outside, or is that too much as humidity? As, as long as they're not in direct sun, I mean direct um, rainfall, usually that can be fine. Okay, we got a succulent, and uh, it's really good looking. I've always, we, we've killed several and well, so this one we're trying to keep that's alive. Why, that's why we practice insurance gardening. That is to say we get more than one, because one's never a good thing. I have, uh, I've just looked around in some containers that I wasn't sure if they were going to come back or not. Apparently I got really crazy and was storing... Uh, uh, you would say this was healing in, except it's in containers. I'm going to have more Asiatic lilies than I thought because I was trying to keep the bulbs from going, getting away from me. Now they're all sprouting in containers together, and they look great. It's just the sort of thing you have to have more than one sometimes, and, and oftentimes you have to have more than one. Now, we're all about wood chips. You know, we, we talk about Brookhaven. We talk about Buds and Blooms. We immediately then talk about Phillips Bark Processing and the products that I like from there. You know, I use all the time and tell you to. But what does the humble wood chip have to do with clean water? Hmm. Well, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, which you all know I have a, 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 a near relative that, that went to school there. And so I, I do like that. It's a good place, but real smart work about trying to understand why excess nitrogen in drainage water, you know I'm getting to this immediately, going to roll right into, yes, our unfortunate dead zones in the Gulf of Mexico, which are caused by way too much nitrogen in the water and way too much, um, eventually, algal blooms that come as a result of that. Starfish take out the other sources of oxygen. The whole thing's a mess. Well... Well, denitrifying bioreactors is your word for dinner tonight. Bring that up, see if anybody at the table knows what it is. Doesn't matter whether we're talking about those farms in the upper Midwest, the corn farms that we think about as our source of nitrogen that rolls down the Mississippi and gives us the dead zone, or whether we're talking about Danish trout farming, or whether we're talking about Australian pineapple farming. These are all nitrogen-intense efforts. And as a result, we have a problem afterwards where we need denitrifying bioreactors. Well, guess what? It's wood chips. Mm -hmm. Just like there's research now that we're all still wishing we knew more about and, and are reading all that we can find about turning plastic into energy, you know, that sort of all those things that are floating around out there. This is another one that has floated around for quite some time, but this particular research 
published in the Transactions of the American Society of Agricultural and Biological Engineers. (gasps) That doesn't fit on a business card very easily. But in the simplest form, denitrifying bioreactors are trenches filled with wood chips. Water from the fields or the aquaculture facilities that flows through the trench, the bacteria living in the wood chip crevices, do their thing that turns the nitrate into the harmless gas it blows out into the air and the water can get in to the rest of its system without excessive levels of nitrogen and the problems that come from that there's a solution if we just keep looking there's a solution to our problems and almost every time it's something right there it's something right in the system it's something close by um, it's just very exciting. I'm, I'm hoping so much that there will be more and more work about it because it's really interesting to me and something we need to know more and more about. Um, this is a another. This is a really good one. Let me see if I can identify this plant. The answer is no, but I'm going to work on it. Um, oh, cherry laurel. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look up cherry laurel and see if I'm right. I think that's what that is. I had to look, go to the second picture. Cherry laurel is one of those plants that you don't realize you've planted because you didn't. A bird planted it for you. And they can be lovely trees or they can be weedy messes that get in your way. So it's just one of those plants that are prized in places where it doesn't grow as easily. Does that sound familiar? We would never consider, for example, a rhododendron anything but a, a super-duper azalea on steroids so hard to grow well there are a few that grow in the deep south but that's why they're so prized because there's not as many of them what do you think how many tyrannosaurus rexes and that is the proper plural roamed in north america during the cretaceous period Hmm? how many could there possibly have been how would we count them and why in the world would the famous absolute first rate journal science be willing to publish anything about this well if you take a give or take a factor of 10 which is pretty hard to do when you think about it there were about 20,000 of them at any one time alive in North America that's a lot of T-Rexes my goodness the University of California Museum of Paleontology um, integrative biology folks at at UC Berkeley have really just admitted what many, many scientists have to admit, and it is that they were sitting around and just kind of on a lark. They said, how many do you suppose there were? So then, of course, because they're scientists, they got to go find out. This, this is the, the un, and it's uncertain, as I say, a factor of 10, you know, if you're putting garlic into some uh, spaghetti sauce, a factor of 10 is either going to make it a garlic sauce or it's going to make it the other direction absolutely untastable. So 10 makes 10's a large jump there. However, the population was most likely 95% confident that the real numbers between, get this, 1,300 and 328,000. Now, what do we, why, why do we do this? Well, the whole point of it was not just to give them give them some answers to their silly questions, but also to look harder at the fossil record and to see what's there and what's not there. So they used some computer simulations that are not ordinarily put to this in order to come up with these numbers. And I really like the the, the, the big question, which we're not going to find out, is how how warm-blooded 
was T-Rex, okay? For example, this is the uh, body mass, population density, and all those things that, that, that y'all probably know about as Damoth's Law. But there's the relationship is strong. However, for example, jaguars and hyenas are about the same size, but hyenas are 50 times denser in the population than jaguars because they're warmer. They, they are able to handle things better. Just interesting stuff. The, the questions that we ask, I presume, late night over an adult beverage or two, when the scientists were curious about this one. The, the Cretaceous era, era gets our, our issues um, a lot of times. For some reason or another, those are things that we tend to find out more and more about. And um, I like that. I'm glad of it. But we don't always know the answer. How do you know when you're hungry, for heaven's sake? Oh, my goodness, we've got one rhododendron that's beautiful in Jasper County. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sending the picture. There are, um, the, for those of you who grow Encore azaleas, the ones that bloom several times, you probably have heard the name Buddy Lee. He is the person who originated all that. I had the pleasure of being at LSU about the same time he was, and I've known him for a long, long time. Um, he has done more breeding in, in as far south as Laranger, Louisiana. There's also some rhododendrons. But as I say, we can put the pictures on the wall because there's just that few of them. The difference really in a rhododendron and its kin, the azalea, has to do in the flower cluster. The flower cluster in rhododendrons is going to be like a bunch of tubes stuck together on a sphere, whereas azaleas don't do that. Azaleas make a, a smaller cluster sometimes, but they don't make that. That's not their most dramatic bloom space. They're both evergreen. They're both lovely, lovely flowers. Let's see. Um, with, uh, with, with chocolate mint, how to start chocolate mint, they will not start going. Try again, please help. Take the take the chocolate mint, and you've got a good soil. You've got a nice, rich soil. You're talking about here, potting soil and some um, peat moss. Wet it real good. Plant the mint that you got, but then don't allow any of the pieces of it to fall over. Lay them in the pot, and even if you have to go around with them if they're that long, you want them to stay attached to the roots, but you want them to have the opportunity to root along their stem, and that's really how you get any kind of plant in that square-stemmed family, in the mintha family. Um, that's how we get those to root. Anti-obesity medications may be getting improved. We are now finding out, and why didn't they find this out when I was a kid, where your brain switch is for hunger. How, you, how do you know? Well, it's in your hypothalamus, and if we can just get a little bit better regulation going there. Obviously the implications not just for obesity but for improper food proper um, food digestion and whatnot would have a huge thing to do with the ability of us to be better and healthier people. Um, one of the questions is always are you really hungry or are you just used to eating at this time? <laughs> you know? And that's true. That is a question that people will have. Um, it, it, you can change your habits. If you, if you find that you're not getting in enough calories and you're eating all in the morning, then obviously that, that uh, supplemental fasting business isn't working for you. But being able to find out where this is, uh, Queen Mary, several different universities of, of science have worked on this because it's a problem worldwide. And publishing the Weizmann Institute is letting us know how it is in fact activated by one of the drugs recently approved for treatment of obesity. So we now are going to understand more about how these things come together and how they work. 
it would really make a big difference for all of us if we could know better how it's going to how it works or how it's going to work. It's a really important, um, really important piece of the puzzle. I like that. I was talking about ground covers in the previous hour, and I don't think I got to wax poetic on a juga. Um, I'm about to start collecting a juga. I've got a bed that I've decided I want to choke out everything else that's growing in there. And really, a juga is one of the strongest. I know I could put in a couple of other tracheospermums or things like that, but I don't want it to grow thick. I want it to grow flat and cover. And in this case, um, bugle flower or the um, a juga is the one it is. They're, they're rosettes. Most of them are green. Some of them are darker. Some of them are variegated. But it's a beautiful, beautiful plant. And, and at this time of year, they begin to have little blue flower stalks on them, which is also very, very sweet. Uh, lovely, lovely plant. Um, let me see. Up in the Delta, I don't want to say up, but that's what everybody always says. Y'all, hey there in the Delta. Do Encore azaleas newly planted need to be fertilized? If you have not used a root stimulator fertilizer or a compost tea or a vermiculture tea, which is obviously my favorite, um, to water them in with, then you're missing a bit. Because what we want to do, no matter what shrub it is, we want the roots to have a chance to grow first. Perennials, too, for that matter. We want the roots to have a chance to grow first before we ask it to put on top growth. And it's a good idea to go ahead and get that fertilizer and use one that's made for azaleas. But the just azaleas encore is just the same as any other rebloomers. Um, we prune after the first big bloom. We think about Laura Petalum in that same way, the, the pink fringe flower shrubs. We want to prune them right after their first flowering. Dan, you're in Woodland. Let's talk. What's going on, sir? Hello, Dan. Thank you for calling. Well, okay, Dan will have to hold on. I was hoping to talk to him while the little tune was playing out, but just keep him on hold for me, will you please, Raleigh? And we will, I didn't get to, didn't get to do that one, so I'll get to do it right afterwards. If you're using slow-release fertilizers, um, remember they're also getting used up in heavy rains, so you may want to replace them as well. We can talk about this and that and the other thing. we got a little ways to go and a lot more happening on the text line, too, here on Weekend Gardening. In response to COVID-19, Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Services is offering telehealth services. During this time, health and safety are important, which is why they've expanded their offerings to include telehealth services for children, adolescents, and adults. They have outpatient teletherapy sessions available, and Pine Grove also expanded its telehealth services to include its intensive outpatient program, drug treatment program. Also, all Pine Grove Evaluation Center services are available via telehealth. Patients may call Pine Grove's National Service Center at 888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com. 
April is National Safe Digging Month. Mississippi 811 would like to remind you that the leading cause of harm to underground facilities is excavation damage. While pipeline operators and other underground facility owners are committed to raising awareness of underground damage prevention, everyone has a responsibility to ensure safe digging practices. Mississippi 811 reminds you to call at least two days before you dig. Respect utility markers on your dig site. And dig safe. When you start to see God, the undaunted, determined, dead serious love of God in Jesus, by faith you start to see Him everywhere else, even when it feels like the world is against you. And perhaps no one learned this better than the prophet Jonah. Dr. Michael Ziegler, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Join us each Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Brought to you by Our Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1799 Clinton Raymond Road in Clinton. This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by The Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. No Drip Roofing in Construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, No Drip Roofing in Construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantee so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com.
Welcome into Weekend Gardening. One of the best questions that I've had today are uh, coming in on the text line. This particular one is great. Sandra wants to know, she has fig trees coming up underneath hers, and can she dig them up? Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. It may be a seedling, or it may be coming up off of the root of the fig tree. This is really two different situations, both of which can be dug up, but you won't get as much root if you're digging it off the root. So watch what you're doing. If you dig in there and you hit it and it's hard, that's the root underneath it. So go on and take a little piece of that with you. It's not going to hurt the tree. But it's also important to know that if it's a seedling, it's going to be easier to manage and easier to, to get taken up from there. Some people don't like to dig up the ones that are attached to the roots. They just cut down that particular piece, and, and then the reason it's happening is because there's not enough um, mulch on top of those roots. And so that's another thing that you want to keep up with. Um, let's see. There's a the Larkin's got a tree in um, eastern Tennessee that sure does look like princess flower or paulonia. I'm only seeing the flowers, but it looks like paulonia, which is known as princess tree. So that's a good one. Pretty thing. Those are blooming now, so I'm not surprised to see that. Can uh, see if the caller is there, would you please, Raleigh? Dan in Woodland. Hello, sir. Hello. Yes, I was wondering if you have any suggestions on how to keep squirrels out of your pear trees. Well, a couple of things. Netting is the one that most people use, but other folks say that doesn't work enough, so they end up putting up a, a baffle of something like chicken wire that the squirrels can't top. They, in other words, if you if you hang the net on the tree, the birds, the the squirrels rather, can often climb through that. But if you put it, you put a frame around it and put the net on the outside of it, oftentimes they can't get through that. It's a real big pain. I'm I have every bit of empathy and sympathy for you. The squirrels are, if I didn't know how to cuss already, when I had the squirrels eat up all my tomatoes one year, I would have learned. Because so, they, they are really <laughs> yeah, a pain. I, <laughs> I, got another, I got another way of getting rid of them, but squirrel season not open. That is correct. You, and I appreciate you not wanting to be in violation of what we all ex- understand are very important seasonal rules. Um, <laughs> okay, it's a tough a one. Thank you, though. Really, exclusion is the answer, and it's tough. I do have I have a couple of cats. My people that don't like cats in the garden would not like my garden, and they have told me so. But I have a couple of cats, and they hang outside, and they don't. Um, the squirrels don't come out of the trees. It's a, it's sort of a mutual coexistence. The cats don't go in the trees. They leave the birds and the squirrels alone. The birds and the squirrels don't come down and bang on the cats too much. However, oh dear, this is a hard story to tell. One of my cats was arrested years ago. And for the next year after that, because I couldn't trust my neighbor at all, um, I I had to leave my cats in the house. They used to have a cat door. My cats traditionally go in and come out. Go out and come in, rather. But I couldn't let them out. That was the year the squirrels ate my tomatoes. I wasn't sure if I was madder at her or at the squirrels. But between the two of them, I began to get questioning other people what they did about the squirrels. That's when I learned that there are actually people who live not two miles from me that have so many squirrels in their garden area that they have built screen houses with chicken wire on lath over their entire garden to keep them out. So you open a little door and go into that. I said, that's so smart. Why didn't I think of that? But anyway, so me and the squirrels are not friends. I know they're cute. I know that they're important and all that sort of stuff. But, harumph. Um, Anyway. Okay, great. 
Thank you, Bob. Um, Bob Bob thinks he's found some black walnuts, and he's going to send me some other photos, and, and we're going to talk about it. It looks like the bark. He's right. And the un, my understanding is, but I'm going to do some research for him, um, as he is doing himself. We're both going to look into it. The, the black walnuts that we are finding that apparently have survived are not as vulnerable or may not be vulnerable at all to the disease. There is, in fact, a breeding program going on to try and bring these trees back in the same way that they brought back the, uh, the elms, you know, that we had so much trouble with. So Good for you, Bob. Black walnuts are beautiful trees. Oh, gorgeous. Let's see. Someone has just bought... Um, oh, that's cute. But that's a look. Um, that's a picture of something else. Anyway, uh, oh, some strelitzia. That will they? When will they bloom? Well, that depends. Um, if it's a little tiny one, that's bird of paradise. And if you didn't happen to know that one, bird of paradise blooms in warm weather and, and sun, and a fairly dry environment. So if you provide those conditions, I would say July. Um, I'm, I'm gonna. They, there are some that are blooming now in containers at the garden centers because they've been raised in a warm greenhouse, so they'd be blooming. You could see what they're gonna look like. But for them, there's usually smaller varieties. These are the big varieties. You know, plants that are gonna be three or four feet tall. Um, generally speaking, have have a, a little bit more time to to get there. But I do. Bird bird of paradise is so beautiful. Sandra also says that her azaleas didn't bloom. Um, what should she do about that? Well, here's the thing. If they didn't bloom last year and you didn't prune them, didn't fertilize them, didn't build a house next to them that put them in too much shade, you know, or any of those things, then the simple answer is start now. Look around when the other azaleas in your area have finished blooming. Prune yours just a few inches off the hole all the way around. Fertilize them with some fertilizer made for azaleas and other acid-loving plants. And once again, if it's dry in the late summer, make sure that you're watering deeply and weakly because that will make more difference than really anything else that you could do for them. Um, so just get some shears and go a couple inches all the way around the azalea? Yep, that's right. Not all much right. at all. Not, not too much at all. Very pretty, Stephen. Those are nice. Looks like you got a good system going there. I like it. I'd like to hear more about it. Fun stuff. Everybody's growing. Everybody's growing something. You know, I, I'm, I made this joke a long time ago, and then somebody wrote a book <laughs> with the, as the title. Nobody that knew me, but everybody's a gardener in April. You know, <laughs> because we are. Even if we hate. The only task we have to do, which might be pruning the azaleas, this is the time we have to actually think about it and either find it in our heart to do it or find it in our heart to hire somebody else to do it or whatever. Because if we don't prune these flowering shrubs within a month after they finish blooming, they're not going to bloom next year. We'll come along in August and go, wow, that thing's too tall. I better cut it down. Well, okay then. But you're not going to be happy that you did that. Um, I've been looking at my flowering quince. It's been in bloom for more than a month. And I need to prune it a little bit. It's kind of wild and wacky on one side. But it keeps blooming and put, it keeps opening new flowers. So it is a matter of watching your plant. You can't get a date, but you can get a condition. Um, oh, starting chocolate mint from seeds. Okay, you've got a good mix. Um, I'm going to suggest that you plant those seeds not deeply, that mix of potting mix and peat, and peat moss, dampen it, put it in a flat or a very small pot, press the seeds in and cover that thing with plastic. Then put that, not in direct sun, but put it where it can get in some bright light and watch it every day till they sprout. Because they're going to sprout. Um, fresh seeds from chocolate mint won't have any problem. 
Okay, that shouldn't be any any more difficult than doing it from a cutting. I like that. It's a very, very good question. You can always do it another way. (laughs) Now, in what may be perhaps the happiest bit of news today, to let us out of here, guess what? We can now 3D print a thing called digory, which is a fake ivory, which can repair the pieces that we have that are ivory, but it can also fill in the gap and make that thing that everybody wants that looks like ivory and doesn't hurt my friends, the elephants. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Raleigh. I wish you well. Take care of yourself. By the way, folks, come back again next Saturday. I would love to see you here on Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. In response to COVID-19, Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Services is offering telehealth services. During this time, health and safety are important, which is why they've expanded their offerings to include telehealth services for children, adolescents, and adults. They have outpatient teletherapy sessions available, and Pine Grove also expanded its telehealth services to include its intensive outpatient program, drug treatment program. Also, all Pine Grove Evaluation Center services are available via telehealth. Patients may call Pine Grove's National Service Center at 888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com. Confidence, peace of mind, a way forward. During tough times, these are the things we all want. And with the personalized help of the Trustmark Relationship Manager, it's something we can find together. That's why Trustmark is standing by business owners. No matter what challenges you may be facing, we are here with a suite of financial services to help you find a path forward. Learn more at Trustmark.com business. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Acoustic Wave Treatment Center offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Call today to schedule your appointment, 601-944-5585, or go to Acoustic Wave MS. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple of fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. Dad has long since desired for me to come work alongside him. And now that I'm here, I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy port beverages. Our dining rooms are open and we are taking reservations. Our private rooms are also available along with takeout. Call today or stop in to experience Tico's in the second generation. Tico's Steakhouse, East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.